welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I am so excited today because we have a guest with us. And it wouldn't be normal to bring in a guest like this uh, on a day like today. But I got to tell you, when Pastor Dominic Yost said, I'm available to come to the United States and uh, would you want to have me on this weekend, I jumped at the opportunity. I want to explain a little bit about him. First of all, I was at a conference years ago and I met a guy that was wearing a really cool shirt. Some of you have affectionately called shirts like this Pastor Rob shirts. They're not my brand, all right? They're not my brand. Uh, but I do happen to like, you know, shirts with a little flair. And I saw this guy and I said, hey, in this whole room, you and I are wearing similar shirts. I just want to know who you are. And he introduced himself and he said he was from Singapore. I said, I like you. I don't know you yet, but I like you. We had dinner that night and then I found out that his church has a, a heart for missions, that it's in Singapore and that it's Trinity Christian Center. I was just like, this guy, this church, their heart for missions. And I said, I, we need to be together. Then I found out that in the fellowship that we're part of, River Valley's the number one missions giving church in the United States. But I found out his church in our group of 66 million people worldwide, his church is number one in the world. And then I was like, all right, yeah. And I was like, I really want to get to know you. So in the world, I guess that we're number two, but they're number, and I just was like in awe. I'm like, we want to follow you. We want to learn what you're doing. We want to be a part of this. So we struck up a friendship. And you may not realize this, right before COVID, right before COVID, I preached at his church that weekend. That Sunday, I preached at his church, flew home, and then the whole world locked down Friday. It's not our fault, but that's where I was. I mean, it, all right. So we were in Singapore. And then the, the President Trump was locking down America, and I was like, am I going to get home? And, and, and it was just, I, I, I took the toilet paper with me from the hotel. I didn't know if there was toilet paper in America. I didn't know. His wife, Chinid, was like, are you really bringing the toilet paper back? I don't know. It's like, it's could be, I'll be gone. I don't know, you know. But there's a similar heart. There's a heart that beats for missions. Um, there's a heart that says, uh, I want to change the world. He's also the superintendent of the Assemblies of God in Singapore. And it's my joy and honor to welcome him to our pulpit. I want you to open up your hearts for Pastor Dominic Yo. Let's give a big hand to Jesus. Come on, Jesus deserve a highest praise. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Father, we want to thank you for River Valley Church. We thank you, Lord, that you are going to do an amazing work through this church. I ask, Father, right now that you are blessed this time, bless this ministry, and we pray, Father, that you will just reach down right now and let the tangible touch of Jesus be upon everyone. So we give you thanks, we give you praise as we ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. Come on, give Him another praise. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rob, for this kind opportunity for me to minister the Word of God. We got to know each other very well and uh, he and his lovely wife, Becca, uh, we miss her today. My wife isn't here because she's unpacking 342 boxes. We, we just moved home. We sold our place. We moved home. And so, uh, you know, 
I sent a picture of my wife here so that you can take a look. And uh, so the two of us, we've been happily married for 35 years this December. You better get that right, man, because if she's listening, I'm done if I get that wrong. <laughs> yep, she's the woman that sleeps with the lead pastor of the church. That sounds so wrong. <laughs> and uh, my daughter and my son-in-law, Melvin, my daughter is Natalie, and uh, they live in Melbourne. And we started a church in Melbourne during the COVID period. And then, um, and then soon after the, the marriage... Um, Every time Melvin calls me, I'll say to him, have you gotten her pregnant? If not, please don't talk to me. <laughs> and so he did well. And so uh, Elizabeth came so that I can be a grandfather. <laughs> so Elizabeth is three months old. And they live in Melbourne, pastor the church in Melbourne. And, uh, and then my son, who is 26, live with us. Uh, in, in, in our Singapore culture, as long as you are unmarried, you live with your parents. And that's kind of a pretty good deal for him because, uh, you know, Singapore is such a small place. If you drive east to west, in more than an hour, you are in the ocean. Yeah. If you drive from uh, south to north, and if you drive more than 50 minutes, you have gotten into Malaysia. Yeah, so we are a really small little place uh, with 5.6 million people living on that side of the world. Uh, Singapore is about, it's almost 6 a.m. in the morning. All right, so um, we are about 13 hours ahead of you guys. Well, I want to jump into the Word of God this evening very quickly. And um, I want to read from Matthew chapter 14, verse 15 to 21. I sense, I sense an assignment from the Lord to talk about breakthrough. And I, and I, and I want to leave behind a breakthrough impartation into your life because I believe that God has called River Valley Church to also be a church of breakthrough so that you will experience breakthrough wherever you go. It is so wonderful to hear about this 500 and uh, to listen to Grace who has been in India uh, during this COVID time and um, you know it's just wonderful and, and I want to encourage those of you that sense the, the, the tugging of God in your heart to join the 500 to just make the commitment just be bold about it because you will see many more breakthroughs Amen So Matthew chapter 14 beginning in verse 15 As evening approached the disciples came to Jesus and said, Master, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the people away that they may buy themselves something to eat. Jesus said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they said. And Jesus says, bring them here to me. He had the people sit down on the grass and taking up the loaves, Jesus gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces. Let's pray. Father, bless the reading of this word. And I pray right now for an impartation to take place in Jesus' name. I want to give you some keys to a breakthrough. Whenever we think of this word breakthrough, it suggests that there is a barrier over our life. Whenever we think of breakthrough, it means that something is capping us. 
Something is holding us to just being in a state of potential. In fact, I wrote a book, uh, Stepping into Fulfillment. And in that book, I said this statement, uh, never let someone call you a potential. Because the word potential means you have never been fulfilled. Yeah, A lot of times, you see, when I was growing up, I'm actually, Pastor Rob, I'm actually a high school dropout. I'm also a dropout from Bible school. So now this is getting dangerous. (laughs) Pastor Rob is a man of faith. He has never heard me preach. (laughs) And so I discovered that while I was in high school, before I dropped out, every one of my teachers will write, Dom has got great potential. And you begin, initially you like the word potential, but after a while, it sounds like a broken record. And after a while, I begin to hate this word because this word means that I have never been fulfilled. So the next time someone calls you a potential, I give you permission to slap them. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a potential, be a fulfillment. And the reason why many of us remain in a state of potentiality is because there is a hindrance, there is a cap, there is a barrier that stops us from stepping into all that God has for us. Because Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to bless you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. That's the way we're supposed to read it in Hebrew because it's about the future that God has for us and that brings hope into our lives. But the problem is that many of us have never stepped into all that God has for us. And that's because there is something that is capping us. I want to say here today that Satan is not afraid of you becoming a child of God. But he's afraid of what you would do for Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why Satan and the hordes of hell will do everything within his power to stop you from becoming a person of fulfillment. And the only way you can step into fulfillment is to understand that God has given us the keys to a breakthrough. And in this passage, in verse 15 to verse 21, contains certain keys of breakthrough that I want to share with you today. Very quickly. Key number one. The scripture begins that as evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Master, this is a remote place. Key number one. In the remote place, God is there. In the remote place, God is there. There is this thing about how we humankind begins to look at the world around us and we size up that it is a remote place. I reckon that day, the 12 disciples, first of all, we have to understand Jesus preached a long, long time because read verse 14 of chapter 14. When Jesus arrived, He saw the He saw the crowd and he had compassion for them. And so Jesus arrived really early in the morning and he ministered way right into the evening time. And so it's past food time. It's past, you know, and and I reckon the disciples could hear the cries of empty stomach. I mean, they they were really hungry and it was the disciples' responsibility to feed them. But he couldn't because they look around and there was no McDonald's nor Kentucky Fried Chicken. So they reckoned that that place was a remote place. You see, this first point 
in order to get a breakthrough, we must never perceive the world that we are viewing from the natural. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 tells us for that we are not supposed to fix our eyes on that which is seen because that which is seen is temporary. We're supposed to fix our eyes on that which is unseen for that which is unseen is eternal. And Jesus is a master of seeing the invisible. You see, when Jesus saw the widow who put in that widow's might, to the rest around the world, they look at it from the natural. And as soon as they look at it from the natural, they see a woman in pitiful poverty. But Jesus saw a heart of gold. It's all about being able to see, not from the natural, but be able to see the unnatural. We're supposed to see the invisible. We're supposed to see in the Spirit. The, the reason why many of us don't experience breakthrough is because we are looking at the problems. We're looking at a situation. We're looking at the circumstances of our, of our life from our natural eyes. And as long as you look at the world and you perceive the world from this arena, then you don't experience a breakthrough. That's why I say to many folks, there's a difference between a fact and a truth. You see, the fact is you may be broke, but the truth is He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. The fact is that the doctors may have given you a prognosis that you have cancer. But the truth is, God is still our healer. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the disciples were looking at it from the factual. They were looking at it from the natural. And I'm not saying that as believers, we discount the factual. Yes, we understand the factual. But we don't live by the facts. We live by the truth of God. Amen. And, and as soon as you learn to live on the truth of God, you begin to step into the supernatural. And that's the reason why I say to folks, if you want to live in the miraculous, walk the supernatural and do the impossible, then you and I have to learn to ride into the invisible things of God. Never see the world from the natural. So that's key number one. Very quickly, key number two. They said to Jesus, it's already late. I like this. It's already late. The second key, when it is late, it is time for the miracle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When it is late, it is always time for the miracle. The beautiful thing about God is that God never comes early. He never comes late. He's always on time. The reason why God doesn't come early is because if He came early and rescues us way before the circumstances of life comes to us, then you and I are going to sing the old Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. So God holds back because God loves us so much, He holds Himself back. He restrained Himself from coming to rescue us early. The, 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 maybe to illustrate it this way, uh, any of you married couples sitting together? Alright. What's your name, brother? Steve. Steve. Let, let me come down for a moment. You are Steve. Yes. What's your name? Irina. Irina. Do you swim? Uh, a little bit. Ah, that's good. Do you swim? I swim. Pretty good swimmer? I, yeah. 
Pastor Rob, is there an ocean nearby here? Is there a sea? There's a lake. How deep is this lake? How horrific is this lake? <laughs> let's say, after, let's say tomorrow, you guys decide to go to the beach. And arena, as soon as you get to the beach, you are preparing, you know, you're setting it up with the picnic basket and all. But she, for whatever reason, jumps into the water. And as soon as she jumps into the water, the, under, the underwater current pulls her out into the middle of the lake. And she is drowning right now. Steve, is that Steve? All right, Steve, what are you going to do? Now, before you answer me, think very carefully. A wrong answer will put you tonight to sleep with the dogs. Are you ready? ready. Alright. What are you going to do when she's screaming, Help me, honey? Uh, first ask God for help. Alright. <laughs> and then I'm going to try with whatever's at hand to go get her. Alright. Pastor Rob, Steve is saying that he's going to do a Baywatch number. <laughs> he's just going to strip and jump into the water. Now, lifeguard tra- uh, any lifeguard here? Any lifeguard here? Lifeguard. Lifeguard training teaches us never to jump in immediately when a person is drowning. And the reason is the person who is drowning has no concept that they are drowning. They just want to find anything that they can hold on to to keep their head afloat. True or not? True? And, and you know, as soon as you jump in to try to rescue... The, the person who is drowning, they are going to impede the rescue operation. They sometimes may even hit you. And that's the reason why the lifeguard would wait for you to drink enough water, not that you were drowned, but close to it. (laughs) At the right time, they dived in. Secondly, if they ever came early and dived in, they bring a stick with them, this float, and they hit you with a stick so that they knock you up. But, but God loves us so much, He's not going to hit us. But He waits for us to drink enough water to that point where we stop striving and we surrender ourselves totally to Him so that when He comes and rescues us, we know, and we know, and we know, and everybody knows it is not our effort, but it's Him. That's why God is never early. He's never late. He's on time. So it's important for us to understand that the second key to our breakthroughs, the first key here is that in a remote place, God is there. And therefore, if if we learn to see the invisible, there is never a remote place. Do you understand? But the second key has to do with timing. And that sense of timing is that as we are going through the circumstances of life, as we are going through the storms of life, sometimes it feels as if we are drowning. But the reality is that many times we are like the 12 disciples trying to stay afloat in the boat of life while Jesus is asleep and then we have to wake Him up and say, Master, Master, don't you care if we are perishing? 
Then notice Jesus said to them, where is your faith? The issue of misplaced faith because we are looking at the circumstances of life. So we need to understand God has a certain timing and the timing has to do with us letting go so that He can be God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if you want to see a breakthrough in your life, then you have to turn over the control wheel of your life. And it has to do with timing. The sooner you do it, the better it's going to be. The sooner you say, Lord, I'm not going to fight this battle, then God fights the battle for you. Because God is a perfect gentleman. He's not going to intrude into your life unless you give Him permission to do so. Number three, notice in verse 16, Jesus said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. In fact, this this verse is the most important verse in this whole entire episode. We will come back to this verse in a moment's time. But this verse tells us that God's miracle involves His servants. God's miracles always involve His people. That's why Jesus says, they do not need to go away. You. So turn to the person beside you, point your finger at them and say, you. Turn to the other person and say, it's you. Now turn to the other person and say, you are the answer to my miracle. You see, God's breakthrough always involves His people. God never does anything apart from His people. It is always a partnership between the divine with us humanity. And as soon as that partnership comes into place, a breakthrough begins. You see, from the opening pages of the book of Genesis, right through the scripture, we see that God's miracle of breakthrough always involves His people. But His people must say yes. His people must always say yes. If His people don't say yes, the breakthrough is not going to come. So, the miracle of salvation for your household, the miracle of salvation for your loved ones, the miracle of salvation for the people that you're working with involves you. The miracle of healing for the one who is unwell, who is associated with you, it's, with, it's, a, it's, it's you. You are the answer to the miracle. A lot of times we don't think about it. We just say, oh, I need to bring them to Pastor Rob. And listen, it's not about Pastor Rob. Do you know in Trinity, I preach in, in, I preach in my home church four times a year. I'm only in Singapore pre-COVID, pre-COVID because of travel suspension. But of course, since July, I've been traveling Pre-COVID, I am in Singapore cumulatively seven days a month. In a whole entire month, I'm only in Singapore seven days. So if, if, if my congregation waits for me to pray for them, <laughs> there will be lots of death. <laughs> it will be too late. Because the miracle of breakthrough always involves the people of God. And God waits for His people to say, Yes, Lord. But the problem with the church of Jesus Christ is that we often say no. 
Just like when the offering bag was being passed, we said no. Just like when the call to be part of the 500, we said no. There's always a no. Just when God taps your heart and says, hey, invite this person, you say no. You see, no Lord is an oxymoron. Yeah, there's, no, there's no such concept of no Lord. Because the fact of this, the fact of the, the fact of the matter is that salvation is free, isn't it? Jesus died on the cross for you. But discipleship has a cost. And discipleship has a cost of saying, yes, Lord. And so we see in Genesis chapter 12, when God visited Abraham at that point in time, he was called Abraham. And when God spoke, called him, Abraham said, yes. And as soon as Abraham said, yes, he was the breakthrough to a nation because he became the father of a nation. Journey into the book of Exodus, from Genesis into Exodus. In Exodus chapter, chapter 3, we read of this man who brought the, his, the, the, the herds of, of sheep to the backside of a desert. His name is Moses. And when Moses encountered God in a burning bush, in Exodus chapter 3, Moses said yes. And when Moses said yes, he became the breakthrough for the Hebrew children to get out of slavery into the promised land. We journey into the book of Judges and Judges chapter 6. We read of a young boy who was pounding wheat in a, in a wine press. And when the angel of the Lord came to Gideon and said, Gideon, Gideon, you are God's mighty warrior. And when Gideon said yes, he became a mighty judge that brought breakthrough into a nation that was steeped in idolatry. We fast forward, you know, because of time. We fast forward into the gospel. And when a young virgin girl said yes, she gave birth to Jesus Christ so that you and I can find salvation, isn't it? God's miracle of breakthrough always involve His people but His people must say yes. Shall we say yes to the Lord? The fourth key is when they came to Jesus and say in verse 17, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Let me say to you today that in the Gospel of John, it talks about a little boy who forgot his lunchbox. And that lunchbox represents God's grace. Because the little boy didn't eat his lunchbox. So the key, key number one, in a remote place, God is there. Key number two, when it's late, it's time for a miracle. Key number three, God's miracle of breakthrough involves His servant. And key number four, stepping out in faith, you will experience God's grace. Stepping out in faith, you will experience God's grace. The Bible never records for us a dispute between the disciples with Jesus Christ when Jesus says, you give them something to eat. I sat at the steps of New Life Church in Chennai overlooking a paddy field. And as I read this scripture, I quarrel with God when I say, God, you are the miracle worker. Why do you say to us, the church, you give them something to eat. Then I realize that in the partnership, we always say yes, but we also have to step out in faith. 
Because when we step out in faith, we experience God's grace. You know, how many of you know children do not share food when they are hungry? How many of you understand this concept? In 1993, I brought my daughter Natalie, uh, who, whom is 31 today. And when Natalie was about two, two three years old, uh, yeah, two, year, two and a half years old, I brought her to Queen Elizabeth Park in Vancouver, BC. I was pastoring the church in, in Vancouver then. And it, I remember it was a hot summer and I brought her to the park and, I, and, I, and, and she was feeding the ducks. And you know, the thing about dad and mom is that dad are always clueless. You know, when mom leaves the house, mom brings the whole house in her Alibaba bag, you know. But when dad goes with a kid, it's only dad and a kid. And so Natalie was perspiring and I was using my t-shirt to wipe her down. And I noticed she was thirsty. And so I said to her, honey, you stay here, feed the ducks. Dad will run over to the ice cream kiosk and get you a nice ice cream cone. And I left her there, ran out of the park to buy her an ice cream cone. Now, how many of you know that's a no-no? <laughs> As I said, we dads are clueless. So I went out, bought her an ice cream cone, came back, handed her the ice cream cone. Thank God she was still there. <laughs> and as she was eating the ice cream cone, I looked at the ice cream cone and I was interested in it. So I said to my daughter, I said, Natalie, sweetheart, could daddy have a bite? She said, no. <laughs> then, I, then I was thinking, how am I going to eat this ice cream cone? Then I had an idea. So I said to her, sweetheart, do you love daddy? She said, yes, I love you, Daddy. How much do you love Daddy? I love Daddy so much. I said, great. You love Daddy? You love Daddy so much? Pass the ice cream cone to Daddy. She said, no. So I said, let's go home. So I was, I was holding her. We were walking back to the car. And as we were walking out of Queen Elizabeth Park, I was asking myself, how am I going to eat this ice cream cone? I came up with a great idea. We stopped right just before she went into the car. I said, look at me, honey. She turns around and I say, sweetheart, listen, mommy's not here. Number two, mommy didn't bring you to the park. Dad did. So, do you love daddy? She said, yes. How much do you love daddy? I love daddy so much. Do you love daddy more than mommy? And she said, yes, I love daddy more than mommy because she's daddy's girl. And so I said to her, great. You love daddy more than mommy and you love daddy so much. Give daddy the ice cream cone. And she said, no. So I'm a man of experience. Hungry kids never share food with an adult. So it is purely the grace of God. And the only way that grace was there is because they step out in faith. Because the Bible never records a dispute between the disciples with Jesus Christ. They took Him at His word and they had to step out in faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us, For without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is the only scripture in the entire Bible that talks about how God will be pleased. Do you realize that? If you want, if you want winning the pool to be here, what, do you, what must you have? Honey, if you want God to be here, what must you have? Faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. And anyone who comes to God must first believe He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. It is so important that we demonstrate faith. 
And every time you step out in faith, you receive God's grace. Let me give you a mathematical formula. I, whenever I read the scripture, I get mathematical formula. And this is one personal formula that I want to share with you. It's my life formula. The grace of God plus the activation of your faith equals breakthrough. The grace of God plus the activation of your faith always equals the miracles of God. And that's why when someone is sick and, and God's grace is upon them, you step out in faith to pray for them. Healing takes place. You share the gospel with somebody. That's a work of faith. God's grace is upon them. What do you get? The breakthrough of salvation. So this is a formula I want to leave with you. My last key that I'm going to give you in the next 10, 6 seconds is this. You got to give what you have. The disciples were the one that broke the bread. It is not Jesus breaking bread and more bread because that would make Jesus a bread-making machine. Yeah, just go to the supermarket and buy that one. But no, Jesus broke bread and He gave it to His disciples and they gave it to the people. The disciples had to break bread because they had to give what they have. So you too have to give what you have for a breakthrough. Amen? So let's pray. Father, thank You for this time and I pray God that in this few minutes that there is an impartation that has come into this body. I thank you, Father, for River Valley Church. I pray, Father, right now that the miracles of breakthrough will be so evident. I pray, Father, that they will not perceive things in the natural from this moment forth, but they will perceive things from the supernatural. I pray, Father, that they will understand your timing in the every days of their life. I pray most of all, Father, that they too will recognize that they are your people and you are calling them to partner with you, to participate with you for breakthroughs to come into this world that we lived in. Lord, help us to always walk in faith so that the grace of God will undergird us for the manifestation of God. I pray, Father, today that as they learn to give what they have, even the little that they have as they give to you. I want to thank you, Father, that little will become a great manifestation of breakthrough in the life of those around. And so, Lord, I give you thanks and praise as I ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen.